0: All right. We are doing Thursday's portion of the week of the of a leap year when the heart and the Hukose are separated. So we're up to chapter twenty seven, verse sixteen, and this directly flows from what we were discussing on Wednesday's portion. where, are and again it's something that in our world we understand the concept of giving to God, but not in our world because We don't have a temple, and the idea of wanting to give God a gift means you're going to give it not, as you would say, charity, stock up, but literally giving it to the temple. So yesterday we spoke about putting the valuation of people, and we spoke about putting the valuation of animals, and we spoke about homes. And now we're discussing fields. And these are, remember, ancestral fields. As we've touched on before, the idea that when the Jews came to Israel, the land was divided, and this land is yours forever. And even if you need money and sell it, and we learned, don't sell all of it. This is your field. This is what God gave you and your ancestors. If you need money and you sell it, well, in the Jubilee year, once in every 50 years, the Oval year, you'll get it back. Now we're going to learn about the only situation when actually you can completely lose your land. So this every time I learned this, I always think like, Wow, what was a person's state of mind? Like he was that inspired, so much wanting to give God something, maybe had nothing else to give but that he was willing to risk and very possibly lose his land forever. So verse 16. If a man consecrates a field from his ancestral heritage to God, the valuation should be according to its seeding. An area is seeded by a homer, we're going to discuss what a homer is, a homer of barley for 50 silver shekels. So we're discussing a situation where you want to give a gift to God. Now, maybe you didn't have anything else to give to God but your very land. Or maybe you want to give God something very big and you're giving God your land. Now, how do you evaluate the worth of that land? So it's very interesting because this is not by its market worth, not by how good the field is, how much it produces. It's known for its grapes or it makes the most fabulous oranges or grazing land. No, nothing to do with any of that. We literally look at the area and say per area that you can sow, what the homish calls a homer, And when the language of Mishnah is a core, which roughly is equivalent to 30 sa'ah, which will be approximately the volume of 4,320 eggs. So, the amount of land that you would need to take seeds of the volume of 4,320 eggs and plant them, that's what we're talking about as a field, and that is. Valuation again, if it's the worst, most barren land in Israel, if it's the best land in Israel, it's the exact same valuation, 50 shekel. What is the area? Nowadays, our sages would say it's about 75,000 square cubits. Um, which, again, in terms of, of square, what does that mean to square feet? Um, again, there's different ways how we say what a cubit is in square feet, but roughly 170,000 to 300,000 square feet. So you're giving that amount, that field, that that value, and each such amount of land, if you're giving 10 times that, it would be 10 times that of 50 shekels. If you gave 10 times this homer, meaning 10 times 170,000 square feet, 1,700,000 square feet, to redeem it, you need 500 silver shekels. You gave one field, the measure of 170,000 square feet, I'm giving to the lowest measure, again, some say it's uh, 300,000 square feet, but whatever that measure would be, 50 silver shekels. Now, What do we have this idea of 50 silver shekels? Why did they say that? Because, again, it's not anything to do with the actual value of the land. The land might be worth far more or far less. This is, as we call it, this is what the verse states. This is what Torah states. And it works out sort of evenly because when you're dedicating the land, in a sense, you're dedicating it until the Jubilee year. Because in the Jubilee and the Oval Year, the lands go back to you. So if you dedicated your field to God, to the temple, and you redeemed it right away, you would pay a percentage of that 50 shekel based on how many years are left until the Jubilee year. Meaning, if it was the entire amount, it would be one shekel, 49 years, 49 shekels, plus a shekel. Now, how, what does a shekel break, break down into? Well, a shekel breaks down into a much smaller coin call, called a pundion. A pundion is 1 of a shekel. So that would mean that you have, for each year, a shekel and a pundion, one forty-eighth of a shekel per year. And if you redeemed it, you would pay that plus a fifth that we always tack on, as we probably learned, if you remember from yesterday, an extra fifth for the owner to redeem his own possessions. You also have to give an extra 20% over that. That's if you redeem it. If you don't redeem it, then the temple can sell it to anyone else that wants this field. And they pay the same thing. Again, if you take 50 shekels and divide it by the 49 years until the Jubilee cycle, It's one shekel and pundian per year. Now, now this is the very significant point. If you dedicated it and you redeemed it, a shekel and a pundian per year plus 20% because you're the owner, the field is yours again. And it's yours forever. But if you don't redeem it, and someone else buys it from the temple, meaning buying it like always when you buy land in Israel, renting it till the Jubilee year, they're also buying that same calculation, a shekel and a pundion, 148th of a shekel, however many years are left till the Jubilee year. But at the Jubilee year, the land doesn't go back to you. It goes back. Now, it's interesting here. It doesn't even go back to the temple. It goes back to the priests, to the Kohen, who their mishmar as we've discussed this idea that the condom are divided into 24, a mishmer means a watch, a family grouping. So all the families of the priests are divided into 24 watches. And they rotate. So every watch officiates in the temple, two or sometimes three, depending on you know how it fell out, generally two, one week periods during the year. So a priest actually only works generally two weeks a year in the temple. The rest of the time he has to be doing something else, unless, of course, he has a job in the temple. But just any regular priest works roughly two weeks a year. Sometimes, you know, because it's 24, 48, well, it's more than 48 weeks to a year, so sometimes your watch got a third week. But as you can see, it's not because it's this odd number, it's not exactly the number of weeks of a year, so the watch keeps shifting which week they get. So the watch, the family group of the week of Yom Kippur of the Jubilee year, they raked in it. Because any land that was dedicated in the previous 49 years, and the original owner couldn't buy it back, didn't have the money for it. Someone else bought it from the temple. In the Jubilee year, like everything else on Yom Kippur, it goes back. But it doesn't go back to the original owner. It goes back to the priests of the Jubilee year. And they keep it. And it gets divided among those priests. So if you dedicated your field and were not able to redeem it, you literally, permanently gave your ancestral land to God for the temple to make money and then for the priests to get from your land forever. It would never again be yours. So this is such a huge sacrifice. And obviously the person doing it must have so much wanted to give a gift to God, a very meaningful, large gift, And this is what he gave, literally his ancestral land forever. Now, that was basically the first rather long, not so long Rashi to explain, as Rashi says, he explained the whole story in this first Rashi. And now we're going through the verses to get the details. If he consecrated his field from the oval year, from the jubilee year, it shall remain at its valuation. So once the jubilee year has passed, if he consecrated it the first day, so to speak, after the jubilee year passed, or for that matter, any time in that first year, then it has this valuation of 50 silver shekels. Meaning we only, when we count years past, we count whole years. So, post the Jubilee year, they're 49 years. Right? Every 50th year is a Jubilee year. So, if at any time in the year after the Jubilee year, like let's pretend this year is a Jubilee a year. So, any time from Rosh Hashanah for an entire year, for those 12 months, if a man dedicates his field, it's considered right after the Jubilee year, it's worth 50 shekels, that would have to be redeemed for 50 shekels, or if you're the owner, for 50 plus 20%. And if he consecrates his field after the jubilee, after the yovel, the priest, the coin, shall calculate the money for him according to the remaining years until the yovel, until the jubilee year. it will be subtracted from the valuation. But if you are not dedicating it in the jubilee year, but you're dedicating it Over 12 months later, or for that matter, if you did dedicate it the day after the Jubilee year, but you only came to redeem it a year later, so in in either case, whenever you're buying it from the temple, which could be you're buying it because you you dedicated it right after the Jubilee year, and then 10 years later, you came up with the money, and bar Hashem, thank God, no one had bought it since, so you could rebuy your own deal well, it's going to be worth less for the temple than if you had done it right away because the valuation has to be as per how many years are left of the Jubilee year. Now, obviously, if someone dedicated their own field, they would want to buy it back as soon as possible because if they buy it back, it becomes, again, their ancestral field. If anyone else buys it, they lost it forever. It's going to revert to the priests of the Yom Kippur week of the Jubilee year. So in any case, If you dedicate your field the first 12 months after the Jubilee Oval year, it's worth 50 shekels, and if you are going to buy it back, then it's going to be 50 shekels. If it's any point after that year, it's going to be based its value, meaning how much you would have to pay the temple if you're buying it back, or how much anyone else would have to pay the temple if they're buying it until the Jubilee year, will be based on How many years remain until the jubilee year? So it's a very simple calculation, we said, because the Torah said it's 50 shekel, which means, well, 50 shekel means 49 shekels plus one shekel. (laughs) So there's 49 years until the next jubilee year, so it's one shekel per year, plus there's another shekel. So one shekel is 48 pundions. So it's a shekel and a pundion per year. But if you think it over this, is something that doesn't make sense here. Because if it's one shekel and one pundion per year, if we project this over 49 years, we have 49 shekels and 49 pundions. But a shekel is 48 pundions. So that means we have 50 shekels plus one pundion. So there's an extra pundion being demanded as versus the rate of one shekel and one pudion per year so what's going on here so i should just say that that extra shekel is like if you will uh a, 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 a fine so to speak because you're paying in pudions meaning let me try to explain this more clearly If you dedicate your field in the year after yoga, that first Rosh Hashanah after the Oval year, and then you bought it back a week later, how much do you give? 50 shekels. Right. That's what the jar says. Let's say you did not redeem plus 20% because it's yours, but you didn't redeem it that whole 12 months. But the next year you redeemed it, or five years later, or 10 years later, or somebody else bought it but not that first year, that first 12 months, and any time later. So the calculation now actually is charging you a bit more. There's a little more you're paying because 50 shekels is 49 shekels and 48 punjons. But if they're going to charge me, which they do, a shekel and a pundion per year, and you would actually do the math and calculate it that way for the 49 years, there's an extra Pundio. There's a charge a little extra here. So, hey, what's going on? That's not 50 shekels. It's 50 shekels plus one Pundio. Why are you uh, scamming me a Pundio? What's going on? So what Raji's saying is you're being fined or your surcharge is because you're paying in Pundio. If it was a first year, literally right after the Jubilee year, you would give 50 coins, 50 shekel coins. A shekel is a large coin a shekel is dignified a shekel is easier to watch than a lot of small change a shekel has more grandeur in someone's eyes than a lot of small change so it tells you you're doing it in a very uh, significant fashion dignified fashion 50 shekels is 50 shekels if it any other year after that first year now i have to deal with change now it's not as dignified now i have to watch more money Now it feels like smaller change. So there's a surcharge of an extra punjon for that bother or for that lack of the respect of 50 whole coins. Again, you did nothing wrong. It's just how this is evaluated. So any year besides the first year, a shekel and a punjon per year for all the years remaining until the Jubilee. And if it was the first year, 50 shekels. So you saved yourself a punjon. And if the one who consecrates it shall redeem the field, you, the original owner, he shall add a fifth of the money valuation onto the money valuation, and it shall be his. So as I said already several times, and as we've seen this in all the previous situations as well, if you ever dedicate something to God, to the temple, and redeem it, you have to pay a fifth more than it's worth to anyone else, because it's more valuable to you. It's your field. And in this situation, it's much more valuable to you. Because if you buy it back, it's yours forever. If you don't buy it back, you lost it forever. But he does not redeem the field. And and if he had sold the field to another man, it cannot be redeemed anymore. So if you, the one who consecrated the field, does not redeem it, then the treasurer of the temple can sell it to anyone. And then, as we said, by the Jubilee year, it goes to the possession of the priests of that Yom Kippur. Then, when the field goes out in the yovel in the jubilee year, it will be holy to God. Like a segregated field, his ancestral heritage shall become the priest. So, as we said, if someone else bought it and redeemed it, not the original owner, on Yom Kippur of the jubilee year, it goes to the priest of the jubilee year. Now, if if this was not redeemed by someone, then it's not going to the priest. Because in a sense, not only did you lose it, obviously, but also the temple, so to speak, lost it. It's now not the temple's. It's not yours. It's the priest. But if it was never bought, meaning you dedicated the field, you never had the money to buy it. Nobody else was ever interested in buying it. So in the Jubilee year, those fields don't go out and are not the priests. I the young keeper of the over year